Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pass First podcast, properly rated by MKADHD as Good Stuff on Twitter. My name's Hugh, and I'm here with co-hosts, our three-point specialist, Max George. Mm-hmm. Shoot or shoot. And then our second-best dunker, David Bully. How's it going? As well as our <laughs> special guest, giving us a special bubble edition of Clout Watch, Mr. Justin Janis. Hello, happy to be here. We've got a packed show today. We're going to be talking about all the scrimmages that have been happening in the NBA bubble as we brace for the tip-off of the resumption of the season tomorrow. We are going to be talking about the Knicks' new hiring of Tom Thibodeau, and then we're going to be having an exciting, tantalizing edition of Bubble Clout Watch. Starting off... We're going to go into the Clout Watch segment, and then oh. from there, we're going to break down into all the things that have been happening within the bubble. Justin, what do you have for us for Clout Watch? All righty. I love it. All right. We're going to open up with a, a, a cute one, something that I found to be uh, quite adorable and, uh, you know, gain some clout with the young ones, I would say. So we have uh, Jason Tatum. And there is pictures of him on FaceTime with his son, Deuce. And he's reading Deuce a, uh, a children's book. And, you know, I feel like that should gain a lot of clout. Because, you know, he's kind of out here being a professional athlete. And there's kind of rough time. But he's still sort of making time to be there as a father. And I feel like that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't really put the priority in when they're doing something like that. And I think it's good to see that he is. Proud of you, Tatum. Yeah, like where's Lonzo Ball and his kid? Like, what what are they doing? Does he have a kid? Yeah, exactly. See, you never even hear about it because he's a bad dad. Oh is his no! Name, is his name Ball? Uh yeah. Ball, ball, like well, ball, ball. See, like he went and basically right after he uh you know went pro, his girlfriend saw a great opportunity, and then they had a kid, and she left him. Oh. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Hate to hear that. That's awful. On, yeah, the topic, on the topic of NBA fathers, I've heard that uh, LeBron's not going zero dark 30 23 or whatever this playoffs. Normally he disconnects from all social media, turns off his phone, doesn't connect with anyone outside of basketball. But he said this time he's going to have his phone on every day because he wants to be able to reach his family as he's stuck for months away. Well, theoretical oh. months. In the bubble. I have something to say about LeBron. Okay. LeBron. Uh, oh, here, you know, the minor part, uh, this is some loss of clout for LeBron. Here we go. I got you. LeBron was out here throwing shade at the Washington football team because he said that their name was unoriginal. LeBron, you literally named your son LeBron James Jr. Ooh, he's got he's got you there. He's got him LeBron, there. come on come on the podcast to defend yourself. Yeah, LeBron, come at me. What is this? Unoriginal. <laughs> I, I saw the tweet. style too. is unoriginal. I saw do you like that. his? Uh, do you like his gray beard? Have you noticed that he's letting it go? Salt I don't like it. Yeah, no. Why not? Because he looks old and it's bad. I don't know. I, I don't. I think That's it's how kind the man of funny. looked in the finals. Yeah, I. You know, Dave. It reminds me of like the guys that we would play in the YMCA against. You know? Oh yeah. It was like yeah. It was like oh, back in my prime, I dropped seventeen points a game for UNH, and it's like this fifty-year-old guy with a gray <laughs> beard like that, 
and you know you play pickup and he's you know schooling everyone in the post or whatever shooting mid-range jump shots like old guys do i think it's hilarious because it asserts how old he actually is and then it just looks like this old like it's like uncle drew yeah i was, I was gonna like, say yeah, that is kind of funny it's like it running around flex. dominating the young guys it's kind of fun. getting crushed by a guy with, it's like uh did you see um mahmoud abdul ralph is that how you say it you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah he's yeah, got he's, he's got that whole gray beard in the big three and he's still just is kicking every time i see him in the big three i probably think he's 10 years older than he is just because of that beard well who was katino mobley is the same way yeah he had he got a gray beard too and he let it go and he's not that old either if he wins the finals with a gray beard that's got to be a first yeah they're just pictures of lebron with a gray beard holding a trophy (laughs) (laughs) it's an increase of clout definitely that would that would get him some clout yeah that would definitely get him some clout i'll I'll let the whole throwing shade at the washington football team so how many clout points did datum get for his child Tatum for having, for having a kid and being a good father. Put a yes. monetary value on it. Yes. Exactly. Um, I would give Jason Tatum a hundred dollars for being a good father. Hundred club points. We're not giving him money. He has plenty of money. Yeah. Hundred club points. Okay. I met Jason. Tatum. And then how many did LeBron lose? <laughs> we both met Jason Tatum. We met Tatum together. That was awesome. You bought his <laughs> cologne, right? No, no. I, I should have asked him my dad. Um. um how many, how many did LeBron lose? LeBron? Um, well, I, I would say that, you know, LeBron lost like 25 clout points. Like, it's not a huge deal, but it's kind of like stay in your lane, LeBron. Yeah. You don't need to be saying anything about the Washington football team. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is, isn't Tatum's son also named after him? His name's Yeah. Um, but that's okay. He wasn't, he wasn't saying anything. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's called Deuce because he's like the second. He's like junior. Oh, he's, but, he's, no, cool he's, he's not calling yeah that's what i thought too washington at least so. deuce is a cool nickname like what is brawny all right don't be messing with my the all-star of my fantasy 2020s <laughs> team <laughs> yeah he was calling dibs on him before he's even in the league and his name's brawny which i also think he'll probably drop if he becomes relevant you know yeah probably i, I would i would hope so i heard so someone he'll, say he'll that um bjj they thought he was going to sneak up like through the ranks to be like good. And it's like, what do you mean sneak up? Like his name's LeBron James Jr. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, pretty obvious. Right. Yeah. No, he said he wasn't going to have, Oh, who, where he is was going to wear 23. Because... Talent? What, what house does he even come from? <laughs> yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Who is this kid? I've never heard of him before. He's, he's not going to, he's not wearing 23 because he doesn't want to be associated or like thought of as the same as his dad. Too bad his is, it just says James on the back. And <laughs> but uh, what what else you got, Justin? All right. So the next thing that I thought was pretty interesting going on with the bubble is that uh, they have their own barber shop there. Designed and... after the two K barber shop. Yeah, it was cool. It like literally has the um like barber shop like blue and red kind of you know the generic barber shop thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah whatever it's called like spirals but i don't know i thought that was pretty funny because it was like a concern that a lot of people were talking about going into the whole bubble it was like oh how are they going to get haircuts how are they going to you know keep all their beards nice and it was like oh no we, we got you like it's kind of went from them getting all this like crappy food and having like what we thought was like a terrible experience now they're able to like go get haircuts and they just like play video games and monopoly together all the time yeah reported i've seen they need it because i was watching some scrimmage games and i've seen some terrible haircuts out here 
I saw. Yeah. I saw. Did you guys catch Ben Macklemore's pigtails? No, um, I did not. No, the other day. it's really, really bad. Um, a lot of the white guys grew out their hair, which just looks really bad. Like Steve like, Nash looking stuff. Just, just like not like so like Doug McDermott and like uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who always just had like a crew cut, oh. have like have like long, you know, like Normal boys hair. cut number yeah. one, like regular like bowl all around. You so know, it's hair. not like tight on the sides. And it looks really, really bad. Not it's like Justin Bieber hair. Not yeah. everyone can pull off my look. <laughs> That's true. You've been rocking that look for 21 years now. <laughs> 20. Don't it's get, true. Don't it's get true. Ahead. Um, but images of the NBA barbershop first reported, at least to me, by NBA insider Tiago Splitter. I, I saw. I Someone tells me Tiago Splitter is not a barbershop regular. I didn't realize that he was a. Uh, it, it, I'm such a reporter now. He works for the Nets. Yeah, F- future coach. future friend of the show, Tiago Splitter. I'm calling my shot now. So, uh, any any haircuts you want to highlight, Justin? There was actually a really bad haircut. Hold on, let me um let me pull it up. Let me. What's the I... negatives for the barbershop? That's what Wait, I noticed. It, like, it might like... have actually been the one that you were mentioning, Max. I might have actually seen it and just not had known the guy's name. Ben Macklemore. Where's 16 on the Rockets? It's really bad. Gordon Hayward has a mustache now. It also looks really bad. Oh, no. Yeah, it's kind of sad. He looks like a firefighter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gordon Hayward. He is my final clout watch focus. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought we'd bring it back to the Celtics, and I kind of liked what he was doing. Right now, he has... um basically a blog going that's kind of like explaining what's going on like inside the bubble and like what it's like to be like an NBA player in the bubble and kind of gives like an inside and I think that's pretty cool because I feel like a lot of like players have been going to social media and kind of showing but he's been taking it kind of above and beyond and been really breaking it down and like all of the different aspects of it and really showing like rather than just a few you know pictures on Twitter or whatever very cool uh we'll plug it it's Gordon Hayward twenty dot life. Nice, great nice. URL. Yeah, I went to GoDaddy. I didn't even know one. you could get a dot life URL. Yeah. You can get dot anything. Can you? Also, you, know? you can get dot site. Yeah. I'm gonna get a dot xyz. That's what you need. That's pretty big. He he blogs about video games sometimes. Yeah, this guy just likes to blog. He doesn't want to give it to um, the Players Tribune. Clearly, keep keep the content yeah. in house. So this is a blog, not a vlog, right? No, blog. Okay. So so Thibel still runs the vlog game. Yeah, Hayward's old. He, he's, he just plays video games. <laughs> yeah, so Hayward's faxing in his blog. <laughs> what? How many club points is that, Justin? You know, I think that'll give him uh, at least 50 club points. 50? All right. Yeah, so... you know, I mean, it's not like being a good dad or anything, but... um. You know, it's kind of like keeping the fans included, and I always appreciate that. 50, 150 points to house Celtics this uh Yeah, this, this wasn't biased at all. <laughs> this sounds like whose line is it anyway, where you just kind of make up points as you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, 100 points to Colin. You know what, Max? You just got yourself 50 clout points. Boom. Sick. Oh, no. How does it feel, guys? I have more clout than the rest of you. You wait. You wait. The the podcast is young. <laughs> All right. Some 
some crazy viewer once we get big is gonna just tally up all of our previous clout points and keep a leaderboard start the tab now guys i'm Can't gonna have wait. zero because i only give them out <laughs> he's a generous man <laughs> he so, gives what others that he cannot have so with the game starting tomorrow it seems like the shenanigans of the bubble are going to be winding down quite a bit anything else you guys want to highlight that has happened or is it just scrimmage games yeah it really hasn't said that much um like this kind of i mean a couple teams were like the raptors and the celtics i know were just using it to give their uh bench guys a stretch you know um i think obviously this was kind of like the latter games were kind of used for rest for most teams uh for the same reason why uh eric gordon got um you know uh injured last night you know yeah. obviously it's always sad to see that but um obviously i think i think most of these uh games are just to get the legs back underneath the guys who wanted to play but i mean realistically if you're a star you're still getting reps in during the off season you know you're not going to be missing a step sure so that's something i, I think talk it was about. yeah i watched the or at least part of the celtics rockets game and it was dramatic the difference where the rockets had all their starters in full steam ahead harden dropping 30 points in the first half and westbrook out there eric gordon got hurt so it looked bad but they said he's only going to be out for a few days hmm. um and then the celtics had nobody they had all their young rookies and then a couple other kind of fringe guys playing and it seemed, I think I agree with the Celtic strategy of kind of just keeping the other guys from getting hurt in scrimmage games that don't matter. I think the next, you know, eight or so, is it eight games? Eight games of just regular season is enough for them to get their legs for the playoffs. But the Rockets seem to think otherwise. And I, from what I understand, we're trying to get Harden and all them conditioning. What do you think of that strategy? Anyway. Well, the Rockets have been going against the grain all the time, so I think they probably just saw everyone being creative and doing all these weird lineups, and they were just like, well, let's just keep with the theme and do the absolute opposite. <laughs> I mean, their lineup's weird enough, I guess. Yeah, honestly. I I really wish that the Nuggets mega lineup played against the Rockets. That would have been really cool. Yeah, do you want to break down what the Nuggets mega lineup was? Yeah, it was fantastic. They had Jokic at point with, I believe, Jeremy Grant at the two, Bull Bull at the three, Paul Millsap at the four, and Mason Plumley at the five. So every the shortest guy is Paul Millsap at 6'8". Ridiculous. And Jokic, they have three seven-footers and two power forwards, basically. And it was really weird. Jokic had a bunch of turnovers. Bull Bull went off. Mason Plumley was running the offense sometimes, which was terrible. And uh, yeah, it was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. It was like a my team lineup in 2K. It was really, really bad. Well, I don't know if it was a bad idea, but I, it also seemed like they were the only guys they had. I think they only played seven or eight people that game. Um, but I thought it was entertaining, and I didn't expect to see something like that. I think it's um, interesting. The Nuggets haven't had too many injuries this season, right? Not major ones. No, they've had the same 
I think Gary Harris has been out for a while, but otherwise they've been keeping everyone together. So they know their lineups. They have a lot of continuity, and they kind of have that freedom to play around and tool with whatever in the scrimmages. My guess is the Rockets, um, who's the guy they traded for at the deadline? They got rid of Capella and got the – he was on the Sixers at one point. Covington? Covington, Robert Covington. Um, They haven't had that much time to work with Robert Covington in this weird thing in a full way. So I guess maybe the reason they were trying to get so many reps – was just to have more time to get comfortable in that offense and defense. So that's mm. maybe that's a better way to contrast them than with the Celtics is with the Nuggets, where the Nuggets are so comfortable in their own skin, they can just play around, while the Rockets are kind of scrambling to get comfortable with this new weird style that nobody on the team has played that much. I mean, I guess, especially Covington, to get him comfortable with these four, or I guess three guys, because Westbrook mm. isn't shooting threes, but these three other guys who are almost only going to shoot threes the Sixers are doing the same thing they were trying out Ben Simmons at the four yes which I love it's a great idea I I Ben Simmons gives me headaches so (laughs) this seeing him in a normal position gives me slightly less headaches honestly yeah if they treat him like the Bucks treated Giannis yeah it could work you know yeah the only problem is they Embiid is too good to play the Lopez role, you know. Like I, yeah, they need yeah. It's something like they, they need, need a, some... they need a Middleton, not a Lopez. You know. Yeah, yeah. They they. I could... guess it's Tobias Harris right now, but even he's like kind of a power forward, you know. Yeah, he could be a Middleton a though. I kind of like that. Embiid and Ben Simmons need to make some kind of smaller twin towers type of thing. Because it, Simmons isn't that tall, but do some way that they can both coexist down there. Because Ben bringing up the ball in like being out there when he can't shoot is just pointless. He's not spacing the floor by standing up by the three. It's yeah, just, no one's coming out there. Well, he's shooting them now. He, I think he made he did, one. He hit day, one. Right? He hit one. So maybe he'll just prove everyone wrong and just shoot forty percent from three now. Wouldn't that be the day? Well, that'd be a hmm. terrible day for us. But. Very bad. Very bad. Yeah. Because then you'd have two Giannis figures in the I think East. they have the season series on us still this year. But They're not a good matchup for Boston. No, not at all. I still think we could beat them. Don't get me wrong. We have a, many good players on this team. But I, I don't want it. I don't want the smoke. Um, Any other scrimmages you guys got to see? Nope, not, none from my end. I only watched the uh, the uh, Rockets, Celtics, and Celtics Thunder. So both oh, were kind of just, you know, um, you know, obviously not not good to watch the Celtics lose, but uh, interesting to see how the young guys played. What did you think of the um, Thunder? The Thunder actually could be a dark horse. You know, I know Brian Scalabrini had them as a dark horse to win it all this year. Um I wouldn't go that far, but I certainly, you know, maybe this is the team that Chris Paul finally, you know, gets the Western Conference Finals with and uh, and then, you know, could, you know, put up a good fight against either L.A. team or even, you know, some could say could beat a Nuggets team. So, if... I don't know. Very interesting uh, team to watch and definitely going to. I feel like they're going to play the uh, the um, 
Oh, what's the name? I'm trying to think of it. Uh, underdog? Basically... The Dark Horse, like you said. The spoiler? Dark Horse, Underdog, spoiler? spoiler. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they, they could play spoiler to, a, to maybe one or two good playoff teams. If Chris Paul and the Thunder are the ones who end like the Rockets' like four-year run they've had going here, trying to break through, where they just have to blow it up, that would be hilarious. Because him and Harden beefed, yeah. and then now, if he blows up the Rockets, that would that would be something. That would be a story. Great storyline. That'd be a bigger hit on Westbrook, too. Yeah, that would, oh, that would be terrible. Yeah, Paul it George would be like, that would not look leaves, good for him at all. I don't think it'll happen. I think the Rockets are a little bit slept on this playoffs. They're really good. They have a lot of good guys. They just it's one of those things where I think they're a like definitely a solid third best team in the West. I put them above the Nuggets. It's just the Lakers and the Clippers are just a step above, a firm step above. Hmm. I can't wait to see how if like it got that far how the Rockets would deal with the Lakers. Like yeah. they're such, they're so big, you know. Yeah, I mean, even like, even like, Jokic would absolutely destroy them. But that's a that's the kind of what they're built for, though. Is that they just threes greater than two? You know, they just keep hitting threes on them. They they would Jokic wouldn't be able to play. Basically, they would need guys well, out there uh, who can cover those spots. Yeah, when we were playing them the other night, they had Taco on uh pj tucker and <laughs> he could not get out to the shooter in the corner fast enough yeah so yeah you know? on offense it was fantastic but on defense it was a real tragedy to watch mm-hmm. just could not get out there fast enough so i don't know um definitely going to be interesting i i'm happy i know a lot of people hate the rockets because they hate their style but i'm happy that someone's doing a different style it makes it more entertaining just to see, instead of seeing every team do the same thing. I'd say the same about Philly, but Philly is just kind of painful to watch. <laughs> they just they can't. They're just a mess. They're, there's like everyone's mad in Philly. At least the Rockets guys have seemed to all rally behind this style and they'll defend it to the bitter days. Every every Sixers fan's just angry. Yeah. They're spending mm. all that money on Al Horford. They should be angry. <laughs> yeah, that was a disaster well, too. Yeah, the Sixers. The Sixers really don't have too much to complain about. They're still a very competent team. You know, they can't. They have trouble winning games at times, but you know, it's Sixers so fans important. don't really have too much to be concerned about. I mean, they have two really good. They have a lot of young talent, uh, especially with Matisse Thybul. You know, he's obviously developing into a young player. I'm so and mad like, that he's good. You know, even if. Even if you have to choose like Simmons or Embiid, either team, you know, I feel like the Sixers, they're just kind of like hesitant on which route to go. Do you design an offense more built for Simmons or one built for Embiid? Because it's going to be really hard to kind of balance both of their offensive strengths in the same system. They've had three full seasons now, I believe. So if Brett Brown doesn't have this figured out, yeah, three full seasons because two years ago, they got knocked out by the Celtics in five games. And then last year, they got beat by the Raptors in seven games. So if they get beat this year, I think Brett Brown's getting axed. And they're going to try to bring in a new coach with new ideas to get them out of, what, the second round of the playoffs. So, Philly, it's it's 
crunch time for Philly. Yeah. So, um, there's been a new hiring in the NBA. The Knicks picked an interesting time to do it. Max, it's your favorite coach. What happened? Oh, boy. Tom Thibodeau's back, everyone. (laughs) Who's ready for 35 minutes of Taj Gibson? Yeah. (laughs) Um, R.J. Barrett is going to get destroyed. Um, The Knicks have signed Tom Thibodeau, the former Celtics assistant turned Bulls head coach, turned Timberwolves head coach, and then was out of a job for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Notorious for short rotation, screaming on defense, and uh, a lot of sweat on his comb over. He's an interesting character, and I don't know. The Knicks kind of go this go through this cycle of hiring a big-name coach and then starting off slow, firing them, telling them it's their fault, and continue trade away their good players. And I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. I I mean, I know the Knicks will have a lot of money this offseason because they didn't get like Durant and Irving and Kemba and Walker, all those guys. They missed out on everyone. They spent their money on... Uh, God, I can't even remember his name. Julius Randle. So, now, I mean, we've never seen Tom Thibodeau with this much of, like, with this meager amount of talent. So, it'll be interesting to see what he can pull out of a hat, but I really don't have much, many expectations for him. Now, I want to like him because, you know, kind of local, went to Salem State University, coached there, coached at Harvard, and then got out. But then I found out he was from Connecticut, so... He lost all respect there. Um, David, do you have a list of the teams that the or the coaches that the Knicks have hired in the past couple years? I know you had that before. Could you cue that up really quick? If uh, in, in the meantime, um, well, I was on Twitter looking at people's reactions to this. It was the first time I realized just the vitriol and the hatred that some people have for Tom Thibodeau. They blame him for D. Rose's injury, which, I mean, that's enough. And they think anytime he comes to your town, he's known famous for playing his stars for more minutes than most, basically any coach in the league in this day and age does. He's the opposite of load management because he figures they're stars, they should get more minutes. They should play your best guys as much as you can. I don't have a huge problem with him. I think it's an interesting strategy, and I definitely don't blame him for at least the injuries I've seen for players under him. Who's the other? The, was it Noah? Was the other one that got yeah. hurt? Yeah. Yeah, they just – it's just like players don't last. You know, like they they fall off a cliff after a handful of years with him. It happened with Luol Dang, um, Ben Gordon. So um, – some of the Timberwolves guys hadn't fallen off yet, but they they were the top three leading minutes guys. It was like Towns, Butler, and Wiggins were the top three in minutes played, and they're those three guys. You would think it's LeBron, yep. Curry, and Harden, but it's those three. I do wonder if there's like a middle ground where you keep certain people really pushing the minutes. I know like LeBron and Curry and them, but I mean Curry doesn't really push, but LeBron definitely pushes the minutes. I think there's a way where you can push some guys, and I like that strategy because you look at 
championship teams of the past. I was saying some of those peak Bulls teams always had Jordan going for more minutes than Thibodeau does his guys. And the Timberwolves, when they broke through and made the playoffs, kind of their first successful years with Garnett, he was pushing those way past those minutes. I think there's a middle ground. I'm not a huge load management fan. Um, oh, neither am I. I'm not saying that, but yeah. like I don't think the Knicks will work out because his strategy only works if you have stars to play 40 minutes a game. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So you'll just have an exhausted R.J. Barrett running around for 40 minutes. His field goal percentage will be garbage. He'll, you know, it, only a, there's a very few elite company of players that can handle what he does. And like, I honestly, I think Jimmy Butler's his only success story in his career. I don't think he's good at player development. And it is a big success know. story, though. He went from average to beyond. Yeah, average. And, and but that's because you only come across a worker like Jimmy Butler every once in a while. He's one of the craziest guys in the league, just in terms of like work ethic and all that kind of stuff. That's Most true. players aren't gonna have, aren't gonna share that philosophy with him. So especially in New York, they've been a demoralized team for years. I don't think many of them are like, if you were playing for a really crappy, you know, AU team or your high school team was bad. And the next year the coach was like, like you knew you were going to lose a bunch of games, but the coach was making you run sprints all the time and making you work really hard. It's really, really draining Yeah, for I a see. team to lose and work that hard which I see them doing a lot of. Because, yeah, it so, just feels like the GM's trying to make them tank anyway. Yeah, it's like they don't have any pieces. Like, Mitchell Robinson is fine, and R.J. Barrett's only been, you know, he was their top guy last year, but that's not even saying that much. He was averaging, like, less than 15 points a game. He was a rookie. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it works when you're making a playoff push and you can afford to have, like, a seven- or eight-man rotation and you have talent that can deal with that. But if your team sucks and you're just pushing them super hard, they're going to turn on you really fast. Yeah. So, so I really, don't like it. It does seem like Thibodeau is going to fail the Knicks and the Knicks are going to fail Thibodeau. David, do you have the list of the Knicks' many successful head coaches? Um, Not in front of me, but um, names include Isaiah Thomas, Jeff Hornacek, Derek Fisher. Um, yeah, no, outside of their – Short-lived success in the early couple, uh, early two 2010s with, you know, those mellow teams that made it a couple rounds, you know, one or two rounds in the playoffs. Uh, they have not had a winning record since roughly 2003. So uh, minus a few off years, the Knicks have continually sucked and have had coaches only last about two years since Isaiah Thomas took over in 2005. I do find it funny how... The Knicks fans look back on those mellow days the same way the Celtics fans look back on like the Kevin Garnett Pierce Big Three with like nostalgia. That won a ring, and one of them won, <laughs> made the finals twice, won a ring, and were legitimate contenders for four four to six years. And the Knicks kind one of was a two, one was a two seed once. I think they won <laughs> the Atlantic Division, and that was about all they accomplished. Yeah. Wow. Justin, I was I was wondering, is there anyone currently in or around the Knicks with any form of clout? Any form of clout? 
Just you like know, surrounding the Knicks. Yeah, no, there's when, nothing really that I've heard of anything interesting going around with the Knicks. Because I don't know about you, but when I, I remember Stephen A. Smith talking about this after Kyrie and KD went to Brooklyn, was that the Nets took over New York and that a lot of what players were saying was that like it's not cool to play for the Knicks and maybe they're not you know, up to the classic standard of the Celtics and the Lakers and the Bulls and stuff like that. Like, yeah. when you really look back on it, I think they have, what, two championships. The last one they won was in, like, the 70s or 80s with Willis Reed. 73. And they've, yeah, and they've been irrelevant ever since. They had a few years with Patrick Ewing, and they had a few years with Carmelo. And they're just not, they're not as cool. They're just a... Uh, Kind of a little dumpster fire. They share the same colors with the, the Mets. And I think they're kind of going to become the... It'll be the Yankees and the Nets running New York. And then it'll be the, the Knicks and the the Mets as the bottom tier ones. You know? Those, those cities that have multiple teams usually have a top and a bottom. And I think they've kind of flipped. The Jets were definitely liked when they won their Super Bowl. And then the Giants won four more after that. And now the Giants definitely are New yeah. York's football team. Yeah. They've only won two Super Bowls, I thought. They've won four. Two four. with Eli Manning and then two in the 80s and 90s with Bill Belichick as their defensive coordinator. Uh, Phil Simms, right. quarterback. Um, so, so, yeah, there is like a hierarchy in each sport of either team. And I think the Knicks are... I, I mean, this move and just the other recent stuff that they've had going on, I don't think they're making any traction on getting away from that. And the Nets are just getting better and better and cooler and cooler. Thanks, Dolan. Honestly. I heard us. Do you, do you remember when Spike Lee went on first take and said Dolan, like, blocked off his access to the staff door that he had used for, like, 20 years? Yeah. And no. And why? That he wasn't going to. They had some new, like, security protocols. Yeah. But Spike had kind of always been an exception to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he instructed the security people that there were no exceptions. So they didn't care who he was. They, he needed to follow the new rules of the elevator or whatever it was. They kicked him out of the <laughs> arena. And he went on the show the next day and said he wasn't going to go to any more games. Oh, wow. It's a big loss. Yeah, it, it, it is. Because he was like, he's been... Shouldn't have messed the, with him. He's their he's number one, one fan. The, yeah. yeah, literally. Ridiculous! I it's, it's they're effectively losing their mascot by doing that. I've always said it was kind of a tie between Dolan and uh, Dan Snyder on who's the worst owner, and I <laughs> I want to say it's Dolan, but Dan Snyder's the owner of the the Washington Football Team, so he's really fighting in this race to the bottom. <laughs> like it, it, every year, I swear those two guys just just it, it blow my mind on how they screw things up more and more. But maybe the Knicks, maybe they'll find out that that was an offensive name too, and it just it'll just get worse. Yeah. Thibodeau. Oh, well. I wish luck, Thibodeau Tom. the best. I think, <laughs> I think he could do something with them. Maybe this is what they need. I don't know. Maybe we're we're all wrong, and they actually need a guy who's just going to be a disciplinarian and whip the, the whole staff into <laughs> shape. I don't know. Um, well, that's what he is. I don't know if the talent the is there. <laughs> No, the talent's yeah. not there, but it might be a multiple-year thing. Like, how do you fix... I'll ask you guys this, if anyone has to... How do you fix Nick's culture? 
That's yeah. tough. Where do you, you where do you rebuild you, this team? What's your first step here? You really have to. I mean, they've been terrible at drafting, and I, I hope they get a good pick this year. And I think they need to be. They can't be afraid to pull like. So they built this team last year with a bunch of like one and two year deals of all these veterans, you know, like the Reggie Bullocks, Wayne Ellington, uh, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris. They got rid of Marcus Morris, and what did they get for him? They got uh, Mo Harkless. Brilliant. Which is nothing. <laughs> they got nothing for him. The entire, the whole point of having like a short contract that makes a decent amount of money, all those guys are making between five and 10 million. Is that's a perfect trade piece. Yeah. That's how you get stars and stuff, is you package three or four of those guys together and it adds up to twenty million. And the team that's trying to get rid of their star gets all that money off their books next year. So like they could have easily gone in and say, like, oh, let's get Blake Griffin or let's get Andre Drummond. They could have got him. Like mm -hmm. And they so they sign all these mediocre guys after they miss out, and then they just sit there like they're they're content, and all they do is change their coach around. So like yeah. I don't know, they're I feel like I would do a better job at this point than Steve Mills and Scott Perry. But are they the uh, ones who are agents first? Um, oh no, they got a new guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he. The the new guy was an agent before. So maybe he'll understand the landscape a little bit better. I hope. You would hope. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I wish the Knicks were better. It would be much more fun. I think you know? that combination yeah. of a former agent and then a coach, like a coaching coach, a guy who's really interested in like the you know, the basketball stuff could be a good combination. You know, one guy knows the market and one guy knows the game. But I could just be way off. Uh, it depends. I don't think they're going to be much better next year. I don't think they have much to do. No, I know? mean, RJ Barrett. I. W what's your assessment of him? I kind of, I'm kind of disappointed. He's fine. Yeah, I think he was about what I thought he was going to be. People were making arguments in his college season that he was the better guy on Duke. Him between no. him and Zion. I know that's not the case for sure, but like, it seems like he's really fallen. Well. They thought he was kind of a hardened guy, you know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, did you guys see any R.J. Barrett highlights this year? I didn't. I did. Well, like I looked for them. I I saw him play, and, but I didn't and see. Was it anything impressive? I think the most I've seen of him is like steals and fast break layups or open threes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't know too much about him coming in, but. I know everyone was bummed. They were all bummed out about getting falling to number three. Mm -hmm. so, Definitely. And they had good reason because Zion is exactly what they also thought he was going to be. Mm -hmm. So Jaws filthy. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking and, of. Yeah. Huh? No, I was just. Um, I was trying to think who went after Barrett, but I don't know if there's anyone worth getting after him either. Um, yeah, I don't even remember. Reddish wasn't for a couple. Was it a Virginia guy? Like uh, it was Hunter. Yeah. yeah, it was Hunter. See, they're kind of the same in my book. Mm -hmm. Like, Hunter was fine. I think he was like 10 points a game, and they could keep him on the floor. He was a starter. Yeah. Good for him. It's like, that's kind of all Barrett is right now. Mm -hmm. 
So, so let's know. flip the page over to teams that are actually relevant to the NBA right now in our restart. Sorry, mm. Knicks fans. <laughs> our dearest apologies to you and your horrible owner. Um, there are six teams vying for a spot, the final spot in the Western Conference when the league comes back. It, they have eight games to get within four, so to either get the eight seed or get the nine seed and be within four games. If the nine seed is within four games, they will play the eight seed, and if they win two out of two games, they have to win both, they take that eighth spot. If the eight seed wins one out of two games, the eight seed stays. We've got currently Memphis at 32 and 33 in the eight spot. Behind them is Portland at 29 and 37, New Orleans at 28 and 36, Sacramento at 28 and 36, San Antonio at 27 and 36, and Phoenix at 26 and 39. Each of us, before the podcast, selected a team that we're going to make a case for to be the one that's going to either get the nine seed and beat the eight seed or get the eight seed and hold them off and be that last team to make the playoffs. First of all, I didn't even know how bad these teams' records were. I didn't look into them after, until you read them <laughs> off right now. Almost all of them are like 10 games under 500. I had no idea that's how bad they were. It's it's pretty rough. I really thought that they were closer to 500, but um, they're all chilling around. Did you say 20-something wins for some of them? New Orleans with, quote, most improved play. New Orleans is a team in which people are trying to make the case they have both the most improved player and the rookie of the year. And they are 28 and 36. Yeah. Hot takes flying. And then, I, yeah, Portland, you know, the wheels kind of fell off in a couple different ways with them. The rest, it's kind of expected. Um, I'm going to start. Like, uh, they, like, do have, they do have Nurkic back. That's they do. also willing to. Oh, you can uh, save no. it. You can save it for. No, Justin's got to use that in his case. Can't forget Nurkic. But, uh, David, since you're all ready to talk. You want to start making yes. your case for your team? The Memphis Grizzlies? Yep. The current eight so, seed. So, I mean, obviously they've won the most amount of games. I think they definitely, it, you know, it's very interesting. You know, you mentioned Zion joining the Pelicans late. Uh, you know, you could say Nurkic has joined the Blazers late. Um, both teams kind of have to figure out what's either what's going wrong or what they can do right. Uh, you know, with the Blazers and the Pelicans, I I think the Grizzlies have a have had a solid formula of you know winning games throughout the regular season. You know, they're only one game below 500 right now, which is pretty good. Um, I definitely think you know John Morant, Rookie of the Year, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., another solid young player. Um, you know, the Brooks. I I, I definitely think that this team has been. Uh, you know, a lot more consistent than the other teams. You know, the Kings, the Spurs have had, you know, small, you know, sections of the regular season where they've shown that they can, you know, compete with the best, but they haven't been as consistent all year as the Grizzlies have been. You know, in terms of these, at least surprising teams playing pretty good basketball um, and playing together. Fair points, fair points. I like that team's future. They're young a lot of them are young, and they're playing very well. Brandon Clark is one that has has definitely stood out and has been kind of overshadowed because technically he's not the best rookie on his own team. 
they just seem like they're going to... And, and John Morant seems like he has what it takes to be a leader of a really good team for a while. So, or a leader of a good team as they kind of get better and better. Like, he, he won't be overtaken by some other new guy. It seems like he's going to be their guy. So, I like mm-hmm. that team in a couple years. I think we're, we're a year too early on them. That's my take. We're a year too early on the Grizzlies. They don't have the, not just the experience, but just the the cohesiveness to beat any good team. They beat a lot of bad teams, and they will steal games here and there, but when it comes down to it, I think they're going to fall apart. That's me. Hmm. Any well, thoughts, then, guys? Hugh, let's, why don't you defend yourself? And, oh, okay. With, then, with and, your and you know what team will beat the Grizzlies? They, I don't think they're going to take the 8 seed. They're too far back for that, but they're going to come in. They're going to grab that 9 seed. They're going to be within four games, and they're going to win back-to-back games and send the Grizzlies packing early. And that's the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, the Pelicans have a nice blend of experience, uh, a nice positional blend. They've got a lot of youth that <laughs> had a lot of promise and are kind of in the stage of redeeming that promise, looking at you, Lonzo Ball. Um, and most importantly, they are fighting to keep J.J. Reddick's postseason streak alive (laughs) very important yes the most essential part of it all i think they i mean they have granted zion zion's going to it considering he stays healthy zion's going to be an all-star next year he's already playing at an all-star level so they have three guys really who are either have been or play pretty close to all-star level and that's zion brandon ingram and drew holiday so they've got they got Drew and Lonzo at the guard positions. Solid spots for both of them. Lonzo's not the best scorer, but he's a great passer. He's a good floor general. Just has that one kind of flaw. But then Zion's an animal with scoring. Ingram is a walking bucket. And then Reddick can also get uh, points from deep, I guess. <laughs> just he's, he's a shooter. Um, it's just more talent to overwhelm the Grizzlies. You know, it's like it's just leveling up. They're more mature. They also have Josh Hart, who's just another another good scorer. So it's it's another young team that I see as flawed and just not the same level of talent as say they're like the Nuggets, but worse in a lot of ways. Like it's a bunch of, I mean, I guess Zion could be a star, but outside of that, it's a bunch of guys who are just good. They they they're good but not great. And the Nuggets, I'd argue, are great but not champion level great um so i i think if they build their offense around zion they're gonna be a really tough out for any of these other teams until they make the playoffs and if they make the playoffs we get to see anthony davis against his old team zion and josh hart against their old team or it's not zion lonzo and josh hart again and ingram against their old team you get to see the new zion versus the old lebron it's just a lot of good matchups so, I mean, that's not really a case for why they will make it. That's a case for why I want them to make it. But I think they will make it because nobody on the Grizzlies is going is doing anything to Zion. And Zion's back because he had to leave for family emergency, and now he's ready to roll. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the team hasn't played too much with Zion. You know, uh, Brandon Ingram is kind of coming into his own. 
mm-hmm. uh, in the year. And I feel like being having to share the ball between both Brandon Ingram and Zion is definitely something I don't feel like the Pelicans have fully worked out. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to cut too much into Ingram's minutes, but then, you know, they play roughly the same position. So it's very hard to kind of, you know, orchestrate an offense that, you know, benefits both of them. Mm-hmm. Fair point. I feel like they don't have as not enough uh, games under their belt where they've kind of figured out an efficient system. I guess it just comes down to seasoned coach Alvin Gentry to figure it out. Pulled David, that. who's the coach mm. of the Grizzlies? Seasoned at losing. <laughs> Swept the Trailblazers. Uh, it happened in the playoffs. Look, look at uh, I don't know who is the coach, actually. I'm thinking about it. His name is Taylor Jenkins. He's a rookie coach. Oh. Didn't even... I don't, I don't any of you guys ever even... Didn't I don't know, you even know anything about him. Not a, not a thing. Yeah, me neither. Fun fact, he looks exactly like Boyan Bogdanovich. The one on the jazz. Is he a former it's player? Really, I don't think so. No, I have no idea where he came from. He was an assistant apparently for a while, and they just gave him the promotion, and he's been awesome. Good for you, Taylor. He was a Hawks yeah. assistant and then a Bucks assistant. Oh, it's the classic. You know, the Bucks got really good, and it's like, oh, the assistants must be great, even though it wasn't because of him at all. Well. And then he did turn out to be a good coach. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good. But it, it's so often I see with coaching that they go and they poach all these, like, assistants from whatever the best team is. Like the Warriors. I mean, Luke Walton and all of them. They they yeah. go for all these coaches. And it's like, like, come on, you have to know that's not why they're good. Like, they're, I don't – you're not going to grab a piece of the Warriors' winning culture by taking a random assistant. But that's always what they do. It happens in all the sports. Football is a big one. Like, wow, we should get – the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. It's not. They're not winning because Mahomes is just dotting up the field everywhere. It's obviously because of this offensive coordinator who's built this thing, like making those great plays for him to dot up the field. <laughs> yeah, Hugh, he'd be useless without his offensive coordinator. All right, but I'm just saying, you know, when Lamar Jackson <laughs> jukes a guy out of his shoes, I'm not going right. giving five million dollars to his offensive coordinator who drew that up. But uh, yeah, so. All right, credit to Jenkins. Doesn't have that gentry experience. I don't I don't think it's going to happen for him. Justin, who's your team? You also have a seasoned coach. Yeah, my team is the uh the Trailblazers. And um their coach is uh Terry Terry Stotts, I believe. Yep. Mhm. And um Been yeah, for a long I think time. I think the Trailblazers have a pretty good chance to be able to make it into the playoffs because, I mean, they just have, like, honestly pretty solid talent that's kind of shown to be pretty solid talent throughout the years with, you know, CJ McCollum and, like, Damian Lillard. And, I mean, they were competing last year very much so, and they they were title contenders for sure. So I think they definitely have the opportunity to kind of come back and, like, get something going at the end of the year. They made the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. They also got Nurkic coming back and – uh he wasn't yeah, there all big. season. So any any other things you want to make for your case before I, I jump on this and tell you exactly why you're wrong? Don't forget Carmelo. Oh, and Carmelo, dude. Yeah, he is icy from the corner. Like, those corner threes, like, watch out. That's new. New for him. Yeah, yeah it used to be contested mid-range jumpers. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the Rockets showed him where he belongs. He's been slimming down. 
Yeah, he does look. He's looked good yeah. since he came back. He, he, Honestly, he did well for them. He was forced to play power forward with the Thunder, so he had to kind of bulk up. And now that he's allowed to play uh, small forward again, he's been slimming down and kind of redistributing his weight. He said he's only lost, I think, like five pounds, but he looks like he's lost 20. Yeah, no, good for him. I mean, they, they really needed someone after. They've had such bad luck with injuries. Yeah. Um, they lost Rodney Hood. They lost Zach Collins. But they replaced him with Whiteside, so we're okay. They Well, they replaced Nurkic with Nurkic Whiteside. Whiteside. yeah. But... So Nurkic, they had lost Nurkic, Collins, and Hood, three of their starters, basically for the season. And so they plugged those holes with Trevor Ariza, Carmelo, and Whiteside. And I, it's a miracle that the backcourt of Carmelo and Whiteside has ever made a defensive stop, but apparently they have. Um, I feel like they would just be jumping up and down. You know, that yeah. I, yeah, it's, I can't it, stand Whiteside. He exactly just, what he you just did. stands around and waits to yeah. block it's, it. Yeah. It's what you did with just the hand straight up, just hand straight up, not moving. Well, so that's the, that's the deceptive thing about a player like Whiteside is that you'll look at a box score and it's like, Way he had 15 rebounds and 10 points in 25 minutes, and he had like four blocks. How come they didn't play him more? It's like, yeah, because well, if you keep scrolling, he had five fouls, <laughs> it's like four turnovers for like three seconds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And his his matchup was like a plus 25 because if he's not blocking the shot, it's going in because he doesn't know how to play defense. Yeah. So. <laughs> And the same thing with Carmelo. You can go through his entire career of like defensive lapses of him pointing around and not knowing what to do. So I I don't love that backcourt, especially in a stacked west of backcourts. And but credit to Carmelo and Whiteside for sticking around and making the Who are we kidding? The Blazers should have been a lot better than this. Definitely. Even with even with their injuries, like how I don't know. Like they were on a downward trajectory before people even started getting injured, so there's something going on there. I'll say this: the Blazers are the best team of all the ones coming back, but they're currently 29 and 37, which means nice. yeah, which means they are three and a half games back from Memphis, and exact same with New Orleans. Um, in that race for the 8 or 9 seed. And here's their schedule coming back. They got a game with the Grizzlies, which they'll probably win. It's a little bit of a toss-up. And then Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, 76ers, Mavericks, and then Nets. (laughs) I just don't like their odds of getting out of Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, 76ers, Mavericks with more than two wins. It just it doesn't look good for them in that. I The one thing, maybe some of those teams are kind of mailing it in. I just, I kind of doubt it. Maybe the Mavericks, because they seem pretty, like, firmly planted in the seven seed. They're not, they haven't clinched yet, though. That's true. If um, they lose a bunch of games, they technically could fall out of the playoffs, but they probably won't. Yeah, that would be... That would be insane. Luca would get a ton of flack for that. Nah, I'll go on Porzingis. The Knicks fans would help out. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
that's my case against the Trailblazers is they don't have enough time to figure it out and be cohesive while playing all of these very, very good basketball teams. Uh, I mean, the fir- those first four, Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, are four of the seven best teams in the NBA right there. So, better luck next year, Portland. I'm sure you'll bounce back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think they still got this. Yeah, you get a counter for me? No, nah, all that sounded pretty accurate, but you know what? I saw <laughs> Damian Good Lillard debate, hit, Justin. hit that three over Paul George last year, and it's like, whew, that boy, he knows how to he knows how to use a basketball. I'm kind of <laughs> ready to see. Well, all right, well, Max, you do yours first. Who's your pick to make the playoffs? Your rock-solid you know, prediction. Did you have something else to say? I'll, I'll put it at the yeah. end. Okay. Um, well, gentlemen, everyone's having too much fun. Um, people are goofing around in the bubble. Everyone's in pretty good spirits. We're having too much fun debating all this. We need someone with boring fundamentals to come in and ruin the fun for everyone. You're having all these fantasy matchups of Zion versus LeBron and John Morant highlight plays in the playoffs. Give me the Spurs. It's not playoffs it Spurs thing. Hmm? It's not playoffs without pop. Exactly, and it's it would be the most Spurs thing ever to completely ruin everyone's expectations of like these dream matchups of Zion and Anthony Davis and all that kind of stuff. Um, now they don't have Lamarcus Aldridge, however, they do have Greg Popovich and assistant coach Tim Duncan. I think when the going gets tough. They can somehow pull it together like they always do. And they got a, They still have a good, deep team. They have a really good guard rotation. Um, they're going to struggle with some of the bigs because I think they're going to have to give a lot of Aldridge's minutes to people like Jakob Pertl, Rudy Gay, and um, that's about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I... They just always seem to... I've watched so many Spurs games of teams ranging from the championship ones all the way down to the ones of the last few years that have been perceived to have less talent, and they just win the game without you even checking. Like, you could check the score and not even know that if they're up 20 or down 20. You just can't tell. And there's plenty of games that look like no one's going off or... Um, nothing special is happening, and they're winning. So I feel like they could do it. Go Spurs. Go Spurs, go. Can we talk a little bit about the disappointment and kind of how this will be a little bit of monumental that the postseason streaks for the Spurs is finally coming to an end? This dates back to... Well, it's not officially over yet. Okay. Potentially. Say it does. Yeah. Say it does. I've kind of just threw Max's argument in the trash with that last <laughs> sentence. But... In some, in some fantasy world, when they don't make the playoffs, yeah, I'll indulge you. This team has made the playoffs every year since the late 90s, right? Yeah. I believe that's right. It's it's in I the th- 20s. I think David Robinson didn't miss the playoffs or something like that. Or Duncan, at least. Tim Duncan didn't. I know that for sure. I think Robinson did early in his career. I, Popovich has gotten credit for this, for maintaining this consistency with the team. 
uh, Buford's the general manager right now, right? Yeah, RC. So he gets credit too for constantly being able to build around their stars, being first David Robinson, then Tim Duncan, and then Kawhi Leonard. It seems their luck has kind of run out in terms of drafting a, you know, superstar. And it's they. I don't see what their path forward is this year. Or not this year, but next year and moving forward. Do they tank? Or is this... What's the path for the Spurs, I guess? They trade DeMar DeRozan to the Knicks for way too much. And that's how they fixed it. <laughs> they trade him for R.J. Barrett and suddenly R.J. Barrett... Yeah, they get R.J. Barrett and a bunch of expiring deals and sign a max guy. And then they win a championship. Yeah, and Barrett's suddenly years. a top five defender in the NBA. Yeah, Popovich unlocks him and then gives the keys to Tim Duncan to be the head coach, and it's fantastic. I would be so happy if Tim Duncan became their head coach. That would be... I honestly think that it's... Well, so if Pop retires in the next few years, it's either him or Becky Hammond. Yes, I agree. They're going to keep it in-house. Yeah, so it would be one of those two. And honestly, I feel like Hammond would be a bigger draw to other teams like yeah, yes it's much more likely for her to go to another team to coach mm -hmm. uh than it would be for duncan i feel like duncan spurs are nothing which increases his odds of taking over i think mm -hmm. i mean he only played for them um... and it'll keep the the popovich light in the team you know yeah I like to imagine it would never die. It's like the Olympic torch. They'll just keep passing it on and on. <laughs> There'll be some sort of connection. They'll never pass it on to Lonnie Walker through the Coyotes. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So this year, though, realistically, though, do they? Do, does like? Do they? So they, you don't think they tank? You think they find another way to to make trades and rebuild? Honestly, yeah. Okay, and... I really don't think that... The only time they tanked was by accident, and it was when David Robinson was injured. Yeah. And then they drafted Tim Duncan, and Ridiculous. then they went right back up to the top again, which was really funny. They it's like what the Warriors are going to do this year. Um, yeah. When does Popovich call it a career? If they don't make the playoffs this year, he might do it this year. I don't know if Duncan's ready. If that's the case, I think he needs another year, you know, watching. I, might, has a player... There were some games where Popovich straight up just was like, I'm not coaching today. <laughs> yeah. And he would just give it over to one of those two. Yeah, I guess maybe he would be ready because you look at like, I don't think Bird spent much time watching how coaching works. And you look at players there. If there can be player coaches, I guess a retired player can go and be a coach right away. So yeah, well, I mean our sample size is like Derek Fisher and Jason Kidd, so it's not all that great. That's true. I think Pop's going to want to leave the team in pretty good shape. I think he's going to want because well, he's also front office too, right? Yes, so he's involved because he I mean do... he made himself coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so definitely, he might. Yeah, he might do one more thing or something before he leaves. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only legacy they have left is him, Duncan, and Patty Mills. <laughs> so I feel bad for 
Aldrich because they always talk about how Popovich had a sit down with Aldrich and convinced him to come to the team and promised him, you know, it was a good like choice for him because he didn't want to stay with the Spurs. And now he's kind of stuck on a bad team when he like Aldrich did not have the the success for his what his talent was worth, I don't think. He could have definitely been a number at least a number two guy on a championship team. But I mean know. they were close. Yeah. You know? They were very close. They I mean if the Warriors the super team Warriors didn't exist, they're probably champions. So right there. And then if Kawhi doesn't leave, I mean who's to say that they probably win the championship this year? Isn't that crazy? But Kawhi did leave, so here's Aldrich stuck there with DeMar DeRozan. And I don't know if anyone even wants DeMar DeRozan. I don't know. The Knicks are looking. <laughs> sure. So He's the perfect guy to like retire like spend the last five or six years of his career putting up twenty five points a game for the Knicks. Yeah. Can't wait. So realistically speaking, I don't love the Spurs odds without their best player. We've talked about the Trailblazers and their tough road. I see a very likely 8-seed Grizzlies, 9-seed Pelicans, and that's going to be an incredible 1-2 to two games because someone, either John Morant or Zion, is going to be looked at as like a franchise hero. Because neither of these teams are destined to win a playoff round. This is the closest thing that they're going to get to winning something meaningful in the playoffs. And the, if Zion can come and win those two games, that's going to say a lot about his career in the future. And if Ja, I think if Ja just, you know, fends off the Pelicans, he's going to be like the big, the most popular name in Memphis. So hmm. I, yeah. that's what I'm sh- hoping for. And I definitely think we should do a, a show if that happens. And dive into those two teams. Yeah, in fr- in front of all the, it'll be an electric game in front of all the Zoom fans. Exactly. Do you yeah. guys hate that? I hate. Oh that. yeah, it's the I, I don't like it at all. Well, they're. I don't think they're actually zoomed. I'm pretty sure they're on a loop. Oh, are they? The oh yeah, first, yeah, that's what I saw. The first ones I saw ever were the at the NFL draft they did a live zoom in to talk to Roger Goodell they did each fan base and it was so dumb and yeah they were just great. like on his tv behind him right? yeah they got to the patriots one and they were all just booing him which was pretty exciting um but outside of that it was he was like trying to talk with them and it wasn't really working it was a disaster and then these loops that i've seen they also do them with baseball baseball's been back for a couple of days now we'll see how long that lasts but they it's yeah, it just looks stupid. I don't like it. I don't care to see these people and none of them are saying anything. It's just a bunch of people going like, yeah. So I I do like the the arena noise in general though. Like, I like they the way do they do have DJ the it. same they have the same sound effects of the home arenas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the Celtics get like the dun, 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 you know, they they have all like I heard the Pacers, they had, like, the rally cards and stuff. Yeah, they had the Lakers winning song when they won, I think. Yeah, so, like, they have all that stuff because that's easy to replicate. And uh, But I much preferred just the walls of, like, the logos, and then it, like, had, like, a graphic of the player come up whenever they scored. I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. 
and it looked nice because it also reaffirmed which team was the home team. It's easier to tell when there's yeah. a big ass logo on the wall. I hope they around. can bring some of that to like the live shows, like going forward with fans. You know, just like more CGI special effects to make it look cooler at home. Yeah, uh, but at least the announcers are good. They're back to normal, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I did hear some crowd noise too, like just like generic cheering, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't terrible. It wasn't too jarring. Yeah. Um, well, I don't like the wood pattern of the court. I think it looks like it's there's something weird about it. It's like multi-stained. It's yeah. there's like dark pieces and light pieces. It just doesn't look. You know, it looks like a cheap gym floor, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's just the big old NBA logo in the middle. It looks like Summer League. Yeah. I think they tried too hard with the court. You know, got some designer in to be like, this is the perfect thing. And it's like... Okay. Or they didn't try at all. And, like, Disney was like, this is our generic basketball court. You can slap your logo decal in the middle. <laughs> have well, fun. Yeah, I don't like the... Lo- I think they should have done a special logo for the bubble tournament. Like, maybe have... I don't know, something. But it definitely does feel like I'm playing some like, like I'm playing like blacktop on 2K or something where it's just yeah. There's just something missing, you know. Mm-hmm. And also they have the, I know it's not practical in like the sense of time and stuff, but they do have the court paneling for certain teams that they were like practicing on. I saw they had the Magic courts, the Heat courts, and like the Pacers courts for some reason. Maybe. were the ones that they were practicing on like the floors is and it... that was because like the the florida teams they would take the they would have both of them so like the orlando they would have like the regular oh. magic court and they would have the orange county court you know that was like the orange and black uh-huh. so like they have them on hand but i guess not all of them hmm. i see another thing that I think we should touch on is just the MLB's come back and half or it's like 15 or so Marlins players have already caught coronavirus tested positive they've had to postpone games uh, from who they're playing who who they from their team and the team that they had played this whole resumption hasn't really worked outside of a bubble while the NBA has had now consecutive tests in which nobody has tested positive in the bubble it seems like the bubble's working, which is a yeah. huge props to Adam Silver and the whole governing team because there was a decent, you know, we I think we put a lot of faith in them and just assumed like, oh, yeah, they'll figure it out. The NBA is going to resume. But realistically, if that wasn't the leadership team, I would have figured it very well could have fallen apart. Well, we were also making predictions on this show of who we thought was going to screw it up for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, no one's done anything. I, I think People the only thing was like, it was like Rashawn Holmes accidentally stepped off to pick up his Uber Eats, and then Lou Williams went to a strip club to get some wings. Yeah, get some wings, exactly. <laughs> went to a strip club to get some wings. His favorite. Just, just wings, nothing else. Yeah. Well, he said, I forget, he was on record in some interview or something talking about how that's his favorite place to eat, like sp- specifically uh, from previously. So. For some reason, Lou Williams, he ran into that, that rapper, too, um, Jack Harlow. Was that's, at the club? Yeah, that, that's how he got caught, is Jack Harlow posted a picture with him. Like, yo, it's, uh, and, like, tagged him. <laughs> and, then, so, and the NBA was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. 
apparently, yeah. So can't be can't be seeing what's popping over in any strip clubs. Good Otherwise, for, yeah, good for good for them figuring this out and making the bubble strong enough that people you can't you know get through and like like screw things up they have to to have the two-day quarantine with the testing and all that and people are still able to leave check on their families come back you know zion did his successfully it's working um and that means we get sports and that makes me happy we get one we get one for now uh the nhl fantasy baseball team yeah the nhl's in two bubbles they're doing one in toronto and one in like edmonton or some other town and they're both in canada which already has way less cases. So it seems like the NHL is probably going to work too. But we'll see on that one. Um, see, that's strange. So they're in Canada, but they wouldn't let the Bl- Toronto Blue Jays play in Canada. Yeah, because Toronto's traveling all over America. They're going, And you know, America has all those cases. Yeah, so it's yeah. like LA, Toronto, Boston, Toronto, Miami, Toronto. It's like you're trying to bring the, case, the COVID to Toronto at this point. So they're yeah. going to be playing in Buffalo now, so that's that's something. It's near me uh, when I go back to Syracuse. But that's yeah. So their NHL and ML or an NBA are going to be doing bubbles. MLB and NFL are not, and we'll see which ones kind of pan out. I have a feeling which ones are going to work. <laughs> Is that all we have for today? I think so. David. Justin, any more clout to distribute? David, any more? Any fun insight? fact to send us you know off? What? So, um, some clout. you do deserve some, Justin, except none of us can give it to you. So, uh-uh. so uh, I have gotten down a couple teams. Uh, I may be missing some because I, I, it's very hard to keep track. So, I don't know if you guys are aware of the Shaq NBA final streak. That's been going on for the last 36 years. Yes. Where a teammate of Shaquille O'Neal has been to the finals going all the way back to the 1983 76ers. So this streak can also stay alive if the if the Lakers make it to the finals with LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, uh, as well as Danny Green all uh, being a part of Shaq's teammates. Um, also in consideration is the Miami Heat. Uh, he did get to play with Goran Dragic, Dragic his rookie year. Um, as of right now, I think those are the only two teams uh, that could what, keep, continue the Shaq streak. But, what about Ariza? Um, Wouldn't Ariza oh, that's a good be... point. Well, I mean, is he's on the Blazers now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I was kind of leaning more towards, you know, probable teams. No offense. Justin, you going to take that? Yeah. That was your team. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Forgot already. (laughs) What a passionate Blazers fan. (laughs) You know, I'm just there to, like, you know, I'm a fan in the spirit of they will make it to the playoffs. But, you know, there are other fans or teams that, you know, are a bigger priority. Well, that'll be one to watch, Dave. I, I actually didn't know that one. Yeah. I didn't either. I, it's, it's a shame the streak's going to end because it's going to be Clippers Bucks. Calling it <laughs> here, folks. The Clippers are actually a pretty young team in that way. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, kind of, but at the same time. I guess like, Lou, William, Lou Williams never intersected Joakim Noah. It's like the old guys on that team. They never had a Shaq time. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it's that the Clippers are young. I think it's that we're getting really far away from... Sha- I mean, Shaq's been retired for, what, eight years? At least, yeah. What was he, 2011, 12, right? Something yeah. like that, yeah. So it's... it's Guys, we're getting old. Well, to be fair, I mean, Shaq... Uh, Shaq has... This streak has gone... Uh, went on 11 years before Shaq was even in the league, so... Yeah, no. We got some. Years. Who can who can't who can say it, it may not go uh, another eleven? Who knows? That so would mean, that would extend until you know twenty twenty two, I guess. I'm pretty sure that would that would mean what like LeBron would have to play another ten years. <laughs> we don't have that many guys. Like the, there's only a handful that have even played with him anymore. Danny Green's making the finals for ten straight years. Like who was who were like the rookies on his la- on his last few years? I guess. Um, I guess that. actually also the Rockets with, um, with Jeff Green. Oh, was he on the Celtics with him? I believe in, uh, 2011, we were the one where we, uh, was he on the team that year with, uh, Kendrick Perkins trade? I thought that's, uh, the trade he was a part of. Hold on. Let me see. Jeff Green was weird. Cause he went back and forth between us and the thunder. I think twice. He definitely hit us twice. The Rockets. Hmm. This is this. Is this? Just... Yeah, Jeff Green. Jeff Green was on that team, so uh, I guess you know the Rockets are also in consideration. Um, I saw Daryl Morey comment. Don't think anyone on the Clippers were. Someone on Instagram was asking like, "Why don't you bring Gerald Green back?" And he's like, "I can't. They, we once we the NBA rules say we're not allowed to, so they're missing yeah. Gerald Green right now." <laughs> it's sad. Also, another one of Shaq's teammates, uh, Nate Robinson, is no longer in the NBA, but instead he's fighting Jake Paul in a wrestling ring or in a boxing what? ring before yeah. uh, before Mike, Tyson. Mike Tyson's match. <laughs> that is some clout right there. <laughs> <laughs> clout. You should put a clout bounty on whoever wins that one. Oh, Facts. come on, Nate! You can thousand clout points for the winner. Justin perked up. He's like, what? All right, so there's David's fun fact. This has been the Pass First podcast with Hugh, Max, David, and Justin as our Clout Watch expert. Um, you can watch us live at twitch.tv slash passfirstpodcast and follow us on Twitter at passfirstpod. You can also check up check out our YouTube channel where we have um, we post mostly highlights from the podcast with video elements david put together a pretty cool one with kyrie irving determining whether he's batman or robin of whatever team he's on and then i don't know where you're listening now but you can listen to our podcast you know just searching past first podcast on spotify or anchor huh. we'll be back um this friday Did that surprise you david no 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 okay uh one thing one more thing i want to add into the Bucks are also a contender for the Shaq extension of the trade because this is big extension of the of the uh, continuation because Breaking Robin news. Lopez also played on those 2009 Phoenix Suns. Ah, Robin, the All streak right. will continue, and then honestly, it'll probably continue the next year because the Lakers will be in it next year. But Robin Lopez out here doing the Lord's work, trying to keep the streak alive, or at least As doing does. Uh, Superman's work. So yeah, right. that, that I gave all of our plugs. Please listen to the podcast, and um, if you yet yeah, come back, if you enjoy it, bye bye.